does everybody know what time it is? <laughs> it's time to start figuring out who your Halloween guy is going to be this year. Because if you wait until October, all the good Halloween guys will have signed on with other families. <laughs> That's right. It's <laughs> grunt work. <laughs> Abracadabra, boom chocolate. I'm Landon C, and I'm back like it's Halloween. I come with a hat full of tricks, a trunk full of marks, and a money full of addicts. <laughs> Fuck you, wicked clowns. We'd like to say what's up to the chicken, <laughs> eggs, and grunt counts, and everybody on Grunt Work, the only podcast about the TV show Home Improvement that sprays you with Fago and then goes to get dessert at TGI Fridays. I am your host, Landon Seymour Butts Solano, joined always by my co host, Truman. 80085 caps. <laughs> Truman, fl- I will take your questions now. <laughs> uh, I think I think my first question is how how is my black and white clown makeup? Like did it <laughs> did it run under the Fago spray? <laughs> uh, not if you tattooed it on your face. I you know, I that's the thing that's my next that that like I painted it on and then I was going to go to my tattoo guy cuz I have one like a, like everyone has a Halloween guy and he was going to tattoo the full thing in, you know, and just fully commit to the to the uh, Juggalo yes. life. And I'm glad I cut you off in the middle of it, but I'm glad you got my uh nickname joke for you as well. <laughs> well, hey, you know what I uh I I'm I'm a worldly man. I know a thing or two about uh, uh about how to not learn math because you're too busy uh spelling words. That was the thing. Spell the boobs. only the only like as a as a person who's inclined towards the language arts, the only thing I could do with a calculator that I understood was spell out words, and the only word I could spell out was boobs. So it was really uh-huh, uh, uh-huh. It, it was it was a win win situation at that See, age. I uh, was not mathematically inclined, but I had a TI uh, eighty five mm. Texas Instrument uh, calculator that had Tetris oh, loaded I'm, on it. I'm familiar with the jargon land, and I know what TI means. <laughs> Um, and I just played Tetris. Uh, I was a, that is how I became a world champion Tetris master. Was, was using a calculator to, uh, to was, practice when you should have been learning. Was playing Tetris on my TI-85 calculator. That is correct. Well, hey, who said, who said that the public school system didn't teach us anything? Did anyone say that? Because if they did, I would refer them to that anecdote. <laughs> Truman, we can't waste Landon. time. Why no. are we always wasting time? There Listen. is this, it, that, like this, this constant, the, the momentum of of time wasting cannot be stopped. <laughs> this is going to be a weird episode. Okay, first, I have not been getting much sleep. I am sleep deprived. Oh, uh, nice. Just because the plows for the snow here start at about five in the morning, uh, and they are right outside my window. Two, um, I have had coffee all day long. I have not Ooh. eaten enough, and. Normally, I take my coffee black. I put honey in it today, so I, I, I hopped up on sugar. <laughs> you, you by, by consuming lots of honey, you've become what you hate, Landon, a bear. <laughs> How dare you, sir? How dare you? When, you? when you touch the darkness, sometimes the darkness's paw reaches back. Oh, you know, in the end of Midsummer, they dress him up in a bear costume, and just like that... Uh, I'm not wearing a bear costume, but today I am wearing a perfectly outfitted Ziggy Stardust face paint and leotard. Truman, are you dressed up for Halloween? 
Uh, yes, I am. I am dressed up as a prison inmate at a prison, <laughs> a white collar prison, where they give you a gray pair of sweatpants and a gray sweatshirt. Um, <laughs> I, I'm dressed up as a depressed person. <laughs> It's um, it's uh-huh. a little edgy. It's a little callous. I, it was either this or dressing up as Netflix and chill, but I just didn't have enough dry ice to really pull it off this year. Oh my god! Um, and uh, yeah, mm-hmm. listen, listeners, please tweet at us. Tell us what you're dressed up as, or uh, let us know because you know we're all celebrating. It's Halloween, don't yeah. you know? And and speaking of people writing in, my God, Truman, you won't believe Landon. the amount of emails we got and handwritten letters. What? Just carved into wood. That's how angry people were. Because I have a correction from last week. Oh, shit. I know, I know. I said last week's episode aired on October 8th. It didn't. It aired on October 2nd. So many of you let me know the error of my ways. Thank you for writing in and letting me know. Please stop with the death threats. I've corrected the record. I can't do anything more at this point. So so that that's what all those strikes and and riots and and occupations were were about over the past few days. That's why that's yes. why everybody like all of the all of the bus drivers walked off the job in solidarity with the original air date of that home improvement yes. episode. Yes. Wow. Well, I I mean, hey, you know, this is this is society holding the powerful to account and so I'm I'm glad that the system works. And I accept your apology, Landon, because I mean, obviously, this makes. Oh, me I didn't look say I was sorry. Too. I just corrected oh. the record. Oh, I see. Okay, you, so you do it again if you could. I will do it again. You can count your watch to it, sir. Can we incorporate it into the Chalupa game somehow? That might be, uh, you know, that just just one more one more hurdle before we actually give the people what they want, which is Chalupas. Well, do you know what? Today, I think let's do a special version of the Chalupa game. If we get it today, let's say it's not Chalupas, but. Um, I don't know what's what's a, a flan. We'll give him some flan. Flan? Okay. The the the. We'll call, it's not the Chalupa challenge today. It's the flan fiasco. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's that's exactly. the best one so far that I'm coming up with. Uh, Landon. Okay. So yeah. I remember. I remember like 20 minutes ago you said that we didn't have any time to waste. What, what happened? What happened with that? Should, did we? Did we? What did we do this week, Landon? Did we do something this week? Did we watch uh, a program? We we watched a program, uh, and it was called Home Improvement. Yes. Did you happen to watch the same episode I did? I, you know what I, I, I hope that I, I hope that I did because um, it would be really weird if that if you didn't watch an episode about <laughs> Halloween and you were just doing this shit, <laughs> like if you were just going full ICP and and weird spooky voice in the cold open, I would be very concerned about what the snow has done to you. Uh, that would be a very conceptual episode if we cover different episodes at the same time. Um, uh, we're going to get there probably why, either through my incompetence <laughs> or us getting bored with our format. Why don't we, uh, prove it to each other and you let me know what happened this week. I will Landon because I, I'm going to compose myself while you do this. Okay. 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 Take, take some deep spooky breaths. <laughs> it's Halloween and Brad and Randy's scary pranks have finally gone too far. In order to teach the boys a lesson, Tim convinces Jill to let him orchestrate a massive, elaborate prank, with a little bit of help from Al Wilson and Tim's mysterious Halloween guy, Larry, to scare the rambunctious whippersnappers straight. The resulting pranks has more twists and turns than a Christopher Nolan movie, but in the end, the whole Taylor family comes together to recognize the true meaning of Halloween. Getting pranked by Tim. Oh, that is correct. Uh, you got it word for word uh, out of the history books as to what this episode uh, was. But do you want to now? Guess that. Idle, 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 idle. 
that's that that's the honey kicking in right there. That is that is the work of many thousands of bees died to bring you this episode. I, I, th- I think that's just because I, up here in Wisconsin, I'm living through winter, and I just couldn't get the the, the title of the game to start. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll send you a St. Bernard with some brandy around his neck. Uh, <laughs> That's the okay. last thing we need is having alcohol in me at this point. You know, it could take us to an even better level. It could, we could break <laughs> through. Okay, so title options. Title One. options, sir. What are they? One, pranks for the memories. Ooh, I like that one. Because they, because they, if the memory of getting pranked will ideally stop the kids from pranking them, this, of course, deterrence is not a... Anyway, um... <laughs> Two. You don't. You don't need to synopsize your own titles. I like to just like kind of give an artist statement <laughs> accompanying the work. It's like you go up to there's the card no interpretation next to at the Rothko all. painting. Okay, the next one is from fear to eternity. <laughs> okay, I like that one too. All right, thank you, thank you. And the last, which is probably the best, the booze are back in town. <laughs> Because I was trying to come up with something about the boys, and then yeah. I was thinking about the boys are back in town, trying to think of a way to make that scary, and then the first one I came up with was the booze are back in town, and we were going to start the show soon, so I... Anyway, well, I that's think a little look at my they, process they were gonna like go how with... I do what I do. They were going to go with that title, but at the same time, Leaving Las Vegas' original title was the booze is back in town. They didn't want the confusion at the time, so uh, they went with uh, went with the actual title. Um, and, and the booze are back in town was the promotional tagline for Casper, the Casper movie that came out around that time starring Jenny Sidarsky. Um Okay, I'm going to give you a clue, but I, okay. don't, I don't know if it's going to be helpful, but we'll see. All right. All right. Uh, it is a play on a um, an actual horror movie, but it... Uh, okay. Uh, it, it stars my namesake and... Okay. Um, was one of the first horror movies geared toward the new audience um, that separated children and adults. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, so horror movie that's... Uh, would it be at a, a Nightmare on Taylor Street? Uh, older than that. It, it, it goes way oh. back to, like, the beginning of the drive-ins. Oh, the beginning of the drive-ins. Like the 50s. Oh. Uh, 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 the, um, mm, uh, I don't know, uh, Attack of the 50-Foot Wilson. (laughs) That's an episode I would watch, by the way. I honestly, yes, that, that, let him, let him cleanse the earth of its, of its sins. I'm on Team Giant, I I welcome our new giant Wilson overlords, shielded forever by a gigantic fence. (laughs) It's called, I Was a Teenage Tailor. Uh, uh, which yeah. is a play on I Was a Teenage Werewolf, which stars Michael Landon. I, okay, okay. Wait, isn't, roles, sir. isn't I Was a Teenage Werewolf? I think that one was on Mystery Science Theater, for that matter. Uh, I think they did I Was a Teenage Frankenstein. Uh, I, I, you know, the, being a teenager in the 60s was tough. <laughs> yeah, no, I, yeah, I Was a Teenage Werewolf, season eight, episode nine. Yeah, that's, uh, I think Clint Eastwood has a bit part in that, too. Oh, that wouldn't surprise me. He did yeah. a lot of those uh, uh, '50s sci-fi horror films at the time. Yeah, he's just a, yeah he's just a scientist in the background looking through a looking through a microscope, probably wishing it was more racist or something. <laughs> I don't know. Weird. He did the same thing in uh, I think it was Revenge of the Creature. Oh, re- okay. He's he's good. He's, at, he was uh, literally a scientist looking through a microscope. 
<laughs> he's, he's looking at some bacteria and asking if it, if it feels lucky, you know? <laughs> I got, uh, I got these six. cells, they seem to be uh, multiplying at an alarming rate. I, I know what you're asking yourself. If I got five liters of bleach in this pipette or only six? <laughs> this episode aired on October 29th, 1996, directed you by sure Jeffrey Nelson and written by Eric Horstead. This is his first episode. Can you believe it? I can believe it. And I would <laughs> say that if they were doing if they were doing a, uh, a Simpsons-style spooky Halloween names, I think that uh, Eric Horstead would be Eric Horse Dead. And then uh, and then the, the guy who, um, what, what was the name of the guy? Jeffrey what? Nelson. Jeffrey Nelson. It would be uh, Jeffrey, uh, parentheses, Dahmer Nelson, I think is how they, would, how they would spookify it. Well, speaking of Simpsons, Eric Horstead would eventually go on to write for The Simpsons, Blackish, Ooh. and he wrote and produced Futurama. Um, oh. This is the first of seven episodes that he did for Home Improvement. Damn. Okay, I'm excited to see more of these episodes because Landon, what were what were your impressions of this episode? Um, all caps. It was so good. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I loved it. Halloween is back, baby. Yes. Um, it made me miss Halloween. As you know, I don't know. I've been a little nostalgic this week. Uh, mm-hmm. Depression does that to me sometimes. Uh, and I'm just coming out of a, a thing. You know, I, mm-hmm. I hit a low, and now I'm at a high, and I'm going to crash again after this episode. <laughs> um, but there was something about, I don't know, it was it, it was specifically with the trick-or-treaters uh, seeing the candy bowl mm-hmm. and, like, just the whole vibe of, like, that excitement of, like, oh, man, people are coming to our house, and i got to open the door and give them candy, and it's going to be a whole thing. Uh, I don't know. This, this episode really made me nostalgic for that. Uh, and was was the joy of the of the trick or treaters juiced along by the fact that then they are doing a meta joke about Tim <laughs> Allen and uh, and JTT's career was that like uh, just yeah. extra extra sauce on top of that? Well, I think, and I've mentioned this on a much earlier season, um, but they, you know, eagle eyed viewers like myself. Uh, mm-hmm. As Randy was going to the door, there's just this little candy dish. It's not the one he picks to to give them all candy, but there's a candy dish in the shape of a ghost. It's like a little mm-hmm. ceramic thing um, right in the, the nook by the stairs in the kitchen. And we had that in my home. And I think that, oh that triggered it uh, in my head. It was like, oh, man, I remember you, there was a whole to-do. You bring out the box of Halloween decorations, and you like you pull that out carefully because it's wrapped, and you don't want to break it because it's ceramic and you know, blah, blah, blah. So I don't know. It was just like a, a Carl Jungian uh, throwback to like you know uh, a, a flashback to earlier in my life. I, I I think that that is a beautiful thing, and I also think that it's really I think kind of indicative of how this show, ta- like Halloween is like the patron holiday of this show and and yes. this show's vibe. Like this, like some where some has shows it been? Have- <laughs> it's been gone for so many seasons. <laughs> well, you know, some hey, you know what? Sometimes we have a couple of dark years, and then we and then we 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 come back <laughs> even bigger and better. Like I, I guess. like I don't know, like you know, shows like. You know, the, the the office had a bunch of really great Christmas episodes or like uh-huh. some, you know, some shows have, you know, different holidays or, or things that are associated with them. But like it's yeah. like Halloween is the patron saint of uh, of home improvement, I think. <laughs> I think of, of most sitcoms. I don't know. Everyone loves doing their their Halloween episode because it lets them cut loose a little bit. They don't have to get too serious. Uh, I think I had mentioned recently that I binged Brooklyn Nine-Nine over the summer and their mm-hmm. Halloween episodes were fantastic. Yeah. Um, 
just they they have a continuity from year to year to year that is just it's brilliant. So I, I don't know, and I remember uh, Roseanne always had really great uh, Halloween episodes as well. I know I, the Halloween episode. I I think you could program an entire channel just of Halloween episodes of sitcoms, and I would be happy. You know that I I this is this is why I think we are good uh, a good match for each other as people who co-host a podcast and also as friends because my my notes and impressions are very similar to that and I was saying that I want to like I think you could start a podcast that solely watches episodes of sitcoms where characters pull an elaborate prank on another character because i feel like <laughs> yeah that more than any that is the one most consistent theme across i think all american sitcoms of the past 40 years is friends playing you know spending an inordinate amount of time and energy to pull an elaborate prank on somebody else just for a goof and yes. i think that um i don't know i think there's something beautiful about that and i always love the result of that and i love that uh I, yeah, I love I love that in the world of home improvement, Halloween, like <laughs> Halloween, like ha is like Christmas or it's bigger than Christmas. It has its yeah. own distinct set of like traditions and rituals that don't even necessarily exist in the real world. <laughs> yeah. And I have some questions about that. I want to get to. So let's yes. not waste any more time. God damn it. Truman, you're going to have to cut out so much time that we've wasted in the I, first 20 <laughs> minutes of this episode so that we look like we're just getting right to it. We would have very short podcasts if we didn't waste time, and we need to we need to work on that. We need to work on getting this podcast down to a tight ten. <laughs> we cut to uh, tool time. We're starting. Uh, Heidi has been introducing tool time as the beginning of home improvement for like six episodes now. Yeah, I know. They, I guess they're just you know maybe they're she's they're just getting as much uh, use out of her as they can before she goes on maternity leave. <laughs> maybe that's possibly true. Uh, the great yes. cre creep sweep swings in like he's Indiana Jones. I'm a little <laughs> the, upset that they didn't give him a costume or her I, you know, or it. Yes, true, true. They it didn't dress up as the logo for a different. It didn't dress them up <laughs> as the logo for a different TV series. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it would have been great if it had swung in as like the sign from Cheers. Yes, yes, or if it, or if it's like, uh, it, it's just put on like a yellow oval with the word Seinfeld uh, stamped across the front of it, <laughs> or the, or it's the, or I don't know. Do you think they all kind of aspire to be the background of the Looney Tunes logo? Those like oh, uh, those weird spirals. I, I have to imagine. Just you know, what's that bar in Roger Rabbit where all the cartoons hang out together? Like, I feel like the Looney Tunes logo is like the you go into. The transition that you go into the void mm -hmm. through home improvement, you come out the Looney Tunes logo, and then you can access anywhere in Toontown, including that mm -hmm. bar, and that's where they all go to hang out. Okay, okay, so it's a it's a it's a portal, is what you're saying? Yeah, exactly. Okay, okay, yeah, it's like that. It's like that one tunnel that they drive through. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so they and the theme of of today's episode is, I guess, that it's fall. Because, you know, Tim introduces him, you know, it's, oh, it's a beautiful, you know, fall morning, and I'm here with, uh, you know, I'm Tim the Toolman Taylor, and I'm here with Al Autumn Boy Borland. And that's the <laughs> first nickname he's given Al all season, and it's it's surprisingly just, like, genuine, almost just just like, yes, he, he loves pumpkin spice lattes and, and pumpkin patches and orchards. Yeah, and, yeah, I don't take any grievance with it at all. In fact, I would say, even outside of the, the, the nickname, if you, if... I, if I put a picture of Al in front of you and I said, Truman, if you had to assign a season to Al, what would it be? It would be autumn by a mile. 
like he, he the 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 I feel like there's this article from the Onion that I see get posted every fall. That's just like the headline is just like, oh look at fancy little Mister Autumn Boy out out in his pea coat and his scarf. Isn't he just having a lovely little day? And like I feel like that's kind of Al is just built for that always. He's got yeah. Yeah, like he's bearded up. He's got plenty of nice coats. He loves his flannel. Uh oh my god. So uh, what they're actually doing this week is wall treatment week, and specifically today they're focusing on wallpaper removal. Yes, yes, and they go up to start uh, stripping the wallpaper off of they these have, two they have a, dinner a walls. facade of of two you know um, two pieces of uh, drywall, drywall with wallpaper on them, and uh, so they can demonstrate how to do different methods of wallpaper removal. Yeah, yeah, and Al says he's going to strip, and then. Tim says those of you with weaker stomachs will want to look away. Uh, and then and then right as Al is reaching for the wall, a demon head bursts through the drywall dry screaming at him. Now, I, I have to imagine as an actor, the, the velocity at which that head comes out, even if you know it's coming, is going to terrify the shit out of you. Just like a jack-in-the-box yes. almost. Yeah. You, you, the, the most horrifying thing is having to act normal knowing that, <laughs> that you will be shot. It's like one of those screamer images that they used to send around on the internet. Right, right, exactly. Um, but even still, I think Richard Carr does an amazing uh, jolt. Um, yeah, it's, it doesn't feel like acting. Do, do you think, do you think it was like in, in Die Hard when like they told, uh, Alan Rickman they were going to drop him on three and then <laughs> right. they dropped him on one. And so it's genuine fear in his face. Do you think they did something like that where they told him the prank was going to be something else and then the, <laughs> the head bursts through? Uh, maybe, uh, or, or they could have just pulled an Alan Rickman on him and said it would come out at three, but it came out at one. That also also could be it. Also could be. I guess I'm just. A, I just want to believe that that home improvement employs a real cinema verite. Like it has to be real. <laughs> it has to be genuine. <laughs> Jeffrey Nelson. That's why they brought him in for this episode. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, so the the head bursts out and scares uh, Al, and Ellen comes out dancing and making fun of him. Um, <laughs> yells at an assistant. <laughs> Doesn't attend have, that Fifty Shades of Grey girls party, etc. <laughs> I have a, a sidebar. I yes. have a friend that um, he is adamant. He, I, I'm not taking him to to task here. Uh, you know, he has his own opinions about it, and that's fine. Um, and I think there's something valid to it, but he thinks scaring people like that should be illegal. As a very jumpy person <laughs> who is very easily scared. I I know it's wrong, but I kind of like I kind of like sure. Why not? I mean, can can we do it? Fuck it. Like let's let's try. <laughs> what? Try to make it illegal? I mean, yeah. Let's just fuck around and find out. You know. I mean, I hate I because only because I have been in experiences of multiple. Like I've been in office environments with people uh-huh. who found out, and school environments with people who found out I'm very easily frightened and startled, and then took lucky joy I found in out doing this after I moved across the country. <laughs> That's, that's, you know, I've learned, cope, you know, I've, I only reveal these things to people who cannot physically surprise <laughs> me. I, I have, I don't know, there is a, a wicked part of me that loves scaring people. Uh, I don't do it that often, um, at least anymore. I used to scare my mom all the time. Uh, but I, maybe it's because I've had it happen to me a number of times where I'm like, oh, I get how shitty this feels. <laughs> but at the same time, there's an exhilaration that comes with it. That's almost like it's it's like a drug rush 
when yeah. when it happens to the person that's scaring you. It it tickles you in a way that nothing else can possibly tickle you. I was staying with a friend uh, in a hotel uh, when we were visiting Los Angeles before I had moved there, and I've just historically been someone who has to go to the bathroom in the middle of the night always. Uh, yeah, I probably yeah. have had an enlarged prostate since I was eleven. <laughs> So. We're getting. I mean, folks, welcome to our comedy podcast, where we get into where we get into just real comedy material. Uh, so I just, I always have to get up to go to the bathroom in the middle of the night, and uh, I got. You know, I always try to tiptoe and be quiet, and like I don't want to wake the other person up that's in the room. But your, but your gigantic prostate is just bashing back and forth, hitting, <laughs> hitting door jams and walls, knocking things off the countertops. <laughs> I go to the bathroom it was probably like three in the morning and i was so quiet that i didn't wake my friend i open the door i don't you know i like i'm one of those people that like i flush the toilet and wait for it to to fill up before i open the door so that the tank doesn't wake the person up i turn the light out before i open the door so the light doesn't wake somebody up so i go through a lot of work whole process not to wake him up i open the door it's pitch black i take a step out and he had hid himself underneath the sink right outside the bathroom and grabbed my foot. Uh, and I don't know that I've scared anyone since then. So, so wait, so what you're telling me is that you endorse Tim's methods in this episode. You used to prank people all the time and then you once and then they pranked you back so hard and so yeah. bad that it scared you straight. Yeah, I, th- I think maybe so. Yes. That's that okay, cuz I was going to ask you like just per per my ruminations on how much people on sitcoms love pranking other people. Like the couple times that I've played pranks, I've kind of almost immediately felt bad about it and it doesn't bring <laughs> me great joy. So I was going to ask you if it, like if you so I but it sounds to me like before this happened to you, you would have spent hours and hours and like jumped through all these hoops and spent oh, yeah. all this money to try and frighten two people for a couple seconds. Oh yes. Easily. Wow. In fact, I still fantasize about it, but I just never go through with it. Wow. This is interesting. This is like this is this is real stuff, man. I thought that we were gonna agree and be in agreement, <laughs> but instead I, I find that that I'm God, I'm just no, I have I have a little bit of a latent sadic uh, sadist streak in me for sure, and a sadic streak uh, too. <laughs> oh man! Well, okay. So so at, at any point then in this, so maybe part of what you liked about this episode was like, God, I wish my parents had pranked me more. I wish they I wish that all of my lessons had been had been prank based. <laughs> um, exactly. Yes. In fact, yeah. I'm not even going to deny or admit that there may be a prank waiting somewhere in this episode. What? Oh my god! Oh my god! I'm gonna open a thing of peanut brittle, and calendars are gonna <laughs> pop out, aren't they? <laughs> uh, okay. Well, now, well, now, like, like uh, Richard Karn putting his face close to the drywall, I will just try and uh, try and keep my shit straight while knowing right. that uh, surprise is waiting for me. Uh, but so, so Tim says, "Happy Halloween, Al!" After this face bursts through the thing, and Al says, "That wasn't funny." And Tim goes, "Well, then apparently the audience laughed for no reason, which is a very good line from Tim. That's quite funny. I salute you, sir." <laughs> uh, and then he goes to uh, demonstrate the other way to remove wallpaper. Um, he has one of these little tools that has spikes on it, and you run it over the paper so that it puts pokes little holes in it, makes it easier for. Um, was it water pressure or some sort of solvent to get through, seep through, and then make 
it easier to peel off. Yes, and it's so, some kind of yeah chemicals. Yeah, yeah. So he has this water uh, or this air pressure pump uh, that he goes to to try to do it. It doesn't have any pressure. He calls out Al. He's like, I thought you were supposed to do this before we started the show. He's like, I did, I did. And Tim goes to pump it. And he goes, there's no air in here. And he twists the top off. And there's a, a lackluster snake joke uh, that Al has has tied a snake to the inside of the lid of the air pressure machine. Yep. And Tim just kind of looks at him and goes, gee, Al, you are the king of pranks. <laughs> and Al and the audience are just cracking up, though. They're just having their, they, like, Al is so pleased with with having hidden this obviously fake plastic snake. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, and so Tim goes, ha, ha, ha. And then he goes to, uh, he turns back to the wall to to try to peel the wallpaper off. And then a head busts out of that wall <laughs> and scares the <laughs> shit out of Tim. <laughs> it's really good. It's really good. And, uh, and, and then I, I, he doesn't do it, but his face certainly has the uh the what i have as al borland champ dot gif uh <laughs> in my files where he does the you know hands together over each shoulder yeah yeah, yeah wringing his hands like like triumphantly exactly uh he is the king of pranks <laughs> yes yes the un- uh, the the like the the low-key king of pranks like he's never it's never the one you think it is but he's he's the crafty king See, that's that's how i think too is like i'll distract you with this thing you think it's over and then all of a sudden bam comes the real thing at the end of this episode is there going to be a knock at my door and it's you <laughs> holding a phone like it's you're gonna like you're gonna like end of end of the born movie thing where you're talking to me on the phone and it turns out you're in new york and then i have to do a car chase to find you exactly Exactly. Um, yeah, that was a sneaky burp that just came out. Yeah, oh man, it was so sneaky. I totally didn't notice it. <laughs> Masterful, <laughs> truly, truly, you are the Lord of the Shadows, Landon. <laughs> we get uh, the head that popped out of the the wall floats towards the screen in a transition that looks like Belial from Basket Case, and we oh, go to the yeah. theme song. Why? I, this is one thing that disappoints me about the the uh, Halloween episodes on Home Improvement. There's no fanfare for the halloween theme song usually yeah. you know like simpsons or i think even roseanne did it a few times where there's just like a little creepiness to the theme song yeah so like a spooky organ and like cobwebs on shit and you know instead of it's like Ooh. <laughs> yeah exactly and, or like doing uh what you did at the 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 start of the episode where you gave each person you know a, a spooky name or a pun on their name yeah, yeah, yeah. Or like, or like, instead of jumping over the hammer in the video game portion of the opening, like Mark gets killed by the hammer and loses all his <laughs> lives, and it's like, put in a new quarter, you died. Uh, okay, I'm gonna think of one here. Uh, Al Candy Carn. Okay, all right, all right. Al Candy Carn. Uh, or I mean, Richard Candy Carn. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, Richard uh, Candy Carn. Uh, yeah, yeah. Let's see. Um, mm, Bat Risha Richardson. <laughs> Um, um, oh shit, uh, where an Noah Smith, like werewolf, like where an <laughs> perfect. Um, uh, yeah, I got nothing. Zachary Die Brian. Oh god, you're, Zachary, you're better at this than I am. Zachary Die Crying. <laughs> <laughs> okay i'll uh, yeah yeah keep, keep going uh we go back home richard um, carnage <laughs> i i i like candy carn 
Yeah, yeah, Candy Carn is probably the best. Because it, it sounds like a game I would want to play on my phone. Mm, true, true. Candy Carn Saga. <laughs> Uh, we go back home. Jill uh, comes down while Brad and Randy are reading, and uh, they 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 get a little uh, change in attitude. They're like, yeah, yeah, you know what? Jill asks, "What do you guys want for dinner tonight?" And they're like, "You know what, Ma? Listen, we got it. We got your back. We're gonna make we, dinner tonight. We've already we started something. It. Yeah, we we put together vegetarian lasagna. It's in the microwave already, ready to go. We haven't started yet. Why don't you take a look? See if see if that's got enough cheese on it." Yeah, yeah, and Jill, uh, Jill, who you know was born earlier that day, and who would <laughs> love to have some peanut brittle out of a can, and will happily look through the kaleidoscope uh, that you handed to her without checking to see if there is an inky black substance around the uh, rim of the eyepiece. Jill, who will lean closer to the suspiciously plastic-looking flower in your lapel to, s- to smell it, not suspecting for a second that water would come out. Jill will definitely it- shake your hand, uh, <laughs> not expecting to be electrified. Jill, who will definitely invest in Enron, walks over to the microwave and throws it open, expecting to find a lasagna that her children have just spontaneously decided to make on Halloween. And instead, oh, no, it's a head. Listen, we've gone six seasons. You know how much I love Patricia Richardson. (laughs) Yes. I think she's a fantastic actress who got pigeonholed into this role, was capable of so much in her career and achieved so much Mm -hmm. this isn't her finest moment (laughs) yeah some people some people are are, i mean well look if this is a halloween episode where she spends most of the episode wearing a huge mask so she doesn't have to like maybe she just didn't prep for this for this day of shooting as much because by and large she doesn't have to do that much face work that's okay i'll I'll, (laughs) face work is uh our other podcast (laughs) face face work (laughs) okay Face worker is the is the preferred term for an actor. Uh, <laughs> so uh, so and yes, there's the head in there. She you know is scared and and hollers at them. I hate when you scare me like that. Even though mm-hmm. Jill in the past has shown a great deal of of uh, <laughs> joy uh, in terrifying them. Yeah, a real zeal for Halloween. <laughs> um, but so then Tim comes in and we get a bizarre bizarre shot from inside the microwave of Tim uh, peering inside. It almost shows like the studio audience behind him. It was a completely unnecessary shot. I don't I don't know why we needed to see. Yeah, why did we need to like see what the what the microwave's perspective is on this moment? <laughs> uh, but he makes he makes a, a kind of funny joke, funny in relative terms, because I was expecting it to be a "you are a shitty cook" joke. True. Yeah. <laughs> but really, it was a "you never know how to cook a severed head" joke, which is yeah marginally funnier. Yeah, it's 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 less about it's less about Jill's cooking and more about just basic issues of microwave etiquette, you know. <laughs> Poke right. holes in the thing, don't leave the lid all the way on, like, you know, microwave it at fifty percent for a couple minutes to bring the core temperature. You know, heat it gradually <laughs> is what I'm saying. Uh or if you want your severed head to taste really good, you reheat it in the oven on like a baking sheet for, for like twenty. <laughs> you minutes. don't you don't put it in a frying pan with a little bit of water and cover it? Well, you know, I mean if you Or is that the got, next if, day? If you've got a deep enough frying pan, that works better in a wok. If you've got a wok, <laughs> what about a crock pot? Uh, okay, well that's uh, that's actually a, a crock, Landon. You you that's you shouldn't do that. That's a, a that's a crack pot idea, um, and other cookware puns. So they. Uh, <laughs> 
Tim and Jill talk about this. Tim suggests that the uh, that the that the boys have like they've been doing lots of pranking. Like they've they've pumped slime through the slats in Wilson's fence, and they've yep. they've put a, sp- uh, a fake spider in Mark's underwear, which uh, I gotta, doesn't okay. sound that extreme. But I was gonna I was just gonna say the exact same thing. I don't know what the slime incident was. That just seems malicious more than a prank. Like, what's the, what's the prank with that? <laughs> yeah, like that's just like a shitty thing to do. Like, that's not unless Wilson's you... always out there, so it w- wouldn't be like, "Hey, Wilson, come out and see what this weird thing is on your your fence." Wilson's probably just out there, you know, skinning a, a squirrel, and Brad's just like, "Don't mind me. I'm just putting slime through the slats in your fence, so you have to clean it up." And and also like slime through the slats of his fence, like the Wilson's a weird dude. That's probably not stranger or grosser than whatever Wilson is doing on the other side of the fence. He's growing his own slime. Yeah, exactly, exactly. He's got like a whole he's... slime room in his house. <laughs> like he he sees the he sees it coming through, and he's like, "Oh, thank you so much, little neighbor. I didn't know that you guys uh, celebrated Saint Slimington's Day." Uh, but Tim Tim suggests, you know what? There's only one way to solve this. They're asking for it. This is what children do. This is how children... I'm going to tell you a little something, Jill. I got my finger pointed out as if I'm going to explain something. I, I, uh, I'm sitting and I'm giving you a... I'm giving you a an unamused expression, much like uh, Jill gives to Tim. I'm going to explain to you the psychology of Halloween. Oh, okay. This is <laughs> going to be good. <laughs> uh, when kids prank, they're really just reaching out uh, for attention to say... I want you to please scare me. That's, and that's I, it. And I, 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 beautiful. Acting. Uh, I like <laughs> master thespian. I like that Tim is learning. Tim is getting better at manipulating Jill, which yeah. is in some ways dark, but in other ways, it's like he clearly has listened. <laughs> He's clearly has like engaged enough with what she cares about and things that are important to her to like learn a new way to speak to her and try and get what he wants. Yeah, and it works. And it and it works. Yeah, yeah, it does. Uh, so she just kind of hesitantly agrees. I'm like, oh, okay, let's see what you can come up with. And we get a ghost transition. Ooh, two Hogan's. <laughs> Later at home. Um, ding dong. It's character actor corner. Oh, wow. They, this is, see, is that, that's a surprise. I wasn't expecting it. It, it burst what, through was the that, drywall. Was that the surprise of the episode? I'm not going to tell you. That I, might be well, the snake in the air, air pressure uh, I container. Mean, I, Given that we have character actor corner and have been doing it every episode for years, it doesn't seem like you would have <laughs> planned on this being a prank. So I'm not, I'm gonna keep my guard elevated. Oh, Truman, did you recognize this guy? I he he looked familiar to me, but I could not put my finger on what I knew him from. So there that might be a good reason to most for that. people I see on sitcoms. Okay. This is Larry Hankin. He has 191 credits. Uh, Jesus. <laughs> including one Oscar nomination for uh, Best Live Action Short Film. Um, before Home Improvement, he was in everything. Uh, <laughs> after Home Improvement, he was in everything. Does that include the theory of everything? <laughs> um, maybe. I didn't uh, I didn't look at that. Okay, so before Home Improvement, here are some of his things. Uh, Escape from Alcatraz, The Jerk. Annie, The Sting 2, Amazing Stories, New Heart, Elf, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, oh, Home shit. Alone, where he plays the cop eating the donut on the phone with Catherine O'Hara, and the big chunk falls off and sticks to the receiver through the rest of the scene. It's very distracting. Uh, the Next Generation, Seinfeld, he played opposite Bradley Whitford 
in Billy Madison. Uh, he, he was, you know, one of the, the, the goon dudes, but turns out to be the good goon. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Voyage, he was also in Star Trek Voyager. After Home Improvement, he was probably best known uh, of all of his roles as the grumpy downstairs neighbor on Friends. Mm. The one uh, who who dies, who like they're they're stomping on the floor and he dies. I think I think so. I I don't remember Friends as much uh, as ninety percent of the world. That's uh, that's I, I've seen <laughs> I've seen one Friends episode and that is the episode. So I'm that's really the just, episode. This is the only time it's a, a Friends reference has ever landed for me. <laughs> he was on Monk, Party of Five, Malcolm in the Middle, My Name Is Earl, Breaking Bad, CSI, Baskets, Barry. Oh, good lord, Jesus Whew. Christ! My God, I'm, I'm out of breath. Okay, I'm sorry. In Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, is he the guy at the hotel who uh, yes. who Steve Martin sells the watch to? <laughs> yes. Yeah, okay, yeah. And a really nice watch. Okay, <laughs> this is st- sticking together. I could spend the rest of the episode asking you which guy on Breaking Bad he was because I would ask you very slowly. But um, <laughs> all right, all right. That... Uh, and there's one other thing you might know him from. Yes. He was on uh... – a broadcast of the National Lampoon radio show on XM Radio back in 2007 uh, alongside a up-and-coming comedian by the name of Landon Solano. What? Oh, my God. <laughs> well, I mean, how did, like, how did, did Landon Solano, this this Landon Solano guy, did he, like, lift this guy up and get him a lot more jobs, potentially, on, on the set of ER? Like, how did he survive this no, brush was, with fame? Was he, was, uh, was this Landon Solano character so nervous to be on a national broadcast uh, uh, show that he barely said anything on the entire episode <laughs> and well, is not at all remembered for anything at all? That was part of, I think, but I mean, was that, I think that was part of Landon Solano's very famous, uh, quiet guy character. Like, the, it was, the, it was, swept, yes. swept the nation. Like, his catchphrase, hey, I, like, really became popular. It was on all those t shirts and everything. He was in a Burger King commercial. <laughs> oh, my, he is the Burger King. Yeah, you just, you just don't know it because he's so quiet. He's the power behind the throne. <laughs> oh, so just on a side note, I've met Larry Hankin. He is, so kind and so generous. Uh, I had a blast doing the show with him uh, way back in the day. And it was one of those things when I saw him, I knew him, but I didn't know where I knew him from. <laughs> like, I knew his face. I'm like, I've seen you my entire life. I know that I've seen 8,000 things you've been in, but I can't name one of them, so I'm just going to be quiet. <laughs> it's the curse of the character actor. <laughs> oh, he's dynamite. Truman. Was Landon. Larry Hankin on ER? I'm going to say he has to have been on ER. Do you want your clues? Yeah, give me my clues, though. Okay. He was not on, on NYPD Blue, mm. which is one of the only things he was not on, uh, except for two other things. He was also not on Cheers, and he was also not on Friends. I mean, uh, uh, Frasier. Frasier, Frasier, Frasier. Yeah, he was on Friends, yes. He was very much on Friends. <sighs> Okay, you know, the NYPD blue thing is discouraging. <laughs> well, if it if it but, takes the pressure off, the flan is off the table. Yeah, the flan is off the table. Yeah, the, the flan what, has what, already hit the fan, so. What, <laughs> when the shit hits the flan, uh, no one <laughs> wants the flan anymore. Um, so, I, get, I mean, it seems like... I, I just I cannot see how he wouldn't have been on ER, and I'm honestly shocked that he wasn't on NYPD Blue. But I'm going mm-hmm. to say 
uh, for for nothing because the because the flan is gone. Uh, flan may be gone. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna say uh, he was on ER. You are right. He was hey. on ER in 2002 in an episode called First Snowfall, where he played beardless homeless man. <laughs> no, not beardless, bearded homeless man. Oh, okay. I was thinking that's a weird specification. Like, are all the? I was trying to think. Like, are all the it's other homeless guys playing bearded, Santa? Just a line of bearded homeless men. But he's the one that doesn't have a beard. Well, they, they needed four homeless guys for the episode, and they they managed to cast three of the dudes from ZZ Top, aka the dudes from ZZ Top, <laughs> and they needed one more. And it just it, it worked out better that way when it came time to give them a credit. <laughs> Oh, thank you for playing. Was he on ER? That is Larry Hankin. He is playing. Oh, we haven't even introduced his character yet. So Ding yeah. Dong, he walks in the door of the Taylor house. And and he's, and the door opens, and it's this weird Undertaker-looking dude who's kind of hunched over. And he, <laughs> he looks introduced... like the tall man from Phantasm. Honestly, yeah. Well, yeah, right on down to the like the black suit that he's wearing. <laughs> and he, sa- he says, I'm Clifford Warren, and lightning flashes from outside. How? <laughs> How we don't know. Tim set it up. <laughs> yeah, and, that okay, so that's that's a question that I have, which is once this is revealed to be a prank and that he's the Halloween guy, um, how do they get lightning to appear every time he says his name? Like if it's if it's like a strobe light that's set up and like Mark is controlling it from the next room, I don't know. <laughs> I, I mean it, it like Tim would have access to strobe lights and would probably do that. Yeah. Uh so, but he introduces himself. Clifford Warren claims to have lived in the house before them, and he wants to come in and and look around. And he alludes to having lived here with his brother until the incident. The incident. There's okay. So uh, there are a couple like plot holes in this episode that I want to point out. Uh, just logic things that I feel like the characters should know better. Yes. One, I get the kids probably don't know the full intricacies of their house and, you know, uh, codes and blueprints and all that shit. But I think they would know if someone lived there before them. They would know if someone lived there before them who was involved in, like, a an alleged murder. Like, that that urban legend would have stuck around <laughs> well, town. Well, I, I, can, I can believe that has been suppressed, maybe just because I've seen too many horror films where they hinge on that plot device. But um, I, I feel like you can't live in a house... And not know if your dad built it or not. Mm-mm. Well, I mean, I feel especially like... if your dad is a builder like Tim. Well, yeah, but they, but like Tim, very clearly, like he didn't build the house because, like Wilson, I thought I felt like they. Then moved what the into fuck it. are we watching every week during the theme song? <laughs> I mean, I think we're watching that. I think that we're watching the, the myth that Tim's mind. Yeah, like the the myth that Tim is trying to propagate to his children. That <laughs> yes, I built this house and everything in it and this world. But I think in reality, it's, it seems like they moved into the existing house because Wilson remembers. That's true, like he's yeah. alluded to the house being there and I in guess, the past. And I guess if Tim built it, he wouldn't. He would have left himself room to add all of these crazy things, like an intercom and the home fireman and and stuff like that. Uh, I, if if Tim built the house, it would be like it would be ninety percent garage and then just a little <laughs> a, a little small cramped barracks for them to sleep. We've never in. seen the mouth of the garage. That thing could be a tunnel for all we know. The, yeah, the mouth of the garage could be like a black hole. Really, that just, <laughs> just car, goes cars into the void. Yeah, cars come into it and are just just completely, uh, they're destroyed by Tim. He eats them. Oh, my God. Uh, so, lightning flashes every time he says his name, especially after the incident. Um, he asks, is that crazy man Wilson still live next door? And, and they say, and they say yes. And then he also asks, 
you know, he asks if he can visit the basement or something, and Randy says, wait, that's my room. What, wait, what, what about that? <laughs> he just goes, I am sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, Tim and Jill walk up, Tim wearing a fake chicken head and Jill wearing a, a <laughs> massive egg mask. And now it's listen, so I don't, funny. I don't, I don't like to put a lot of effort into Halloween costumes. I uh, notoriously am bad at Halloween costumes. I hate doing them. Mm. I, I'm considering investing in this egg, <laughs> egg hat because <laughs> it seems like the dumbest, cheesiest, easiest thing I could possibly do. I'm a nutritious breakfast. That's it. <laughs> Throw People me in your enemy's over house. Whether or not I'm good or bad for your cholesterol. <laughs> you, you can remove the remove the yolk from me to make a crappy omelet that people in L.A. like. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, but Tim and Jill come down, and Randy's like, uh, this guy, he's here. He wants to take a look at the basement. And Tim's like, oh, he probably just wants to take a look at the new furnace I put in. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, but then when he when he refers to the incident, Tim and Jill very stiltedly like tell him to go away. And Tim says, no incident ever happened here, Clifford. This is a normal American home full of normal Americans, (laughs) which which is just a a lie on so many levels. Like it's both it's supposedly a lie to Clifford. And then it's a lie, in fact, part of a greater lie to the sons. And then also it's blatantly untrue. These are not normal (laughs) Americans. Not in the least bit. No, Um so they send Larry on his way, uh, in air quotes, and uh, Brad and Randy go into the living room, and and Randy Randy's kind of buying it for a second. He's like, "Well, he seemed kind of authentic, but Brad's Brad's not having." He's like, "No, are you kidding me? This is just one of their ploys. This is a rare case of Brad being more on the ball than Randy, and I can only assume because this falls under the purview of street smarts." <laughs> well, that and Randy Randy's extra on his. Uh, you know, uh, toes on his nerves because um, it's a direct oh. threat to him because it's in the basement where he lives. True. I also love that after like uh, one season ago, all the effort that Tim and Jill put into making sure that Randy feels comfortable sleeping in the basement, they have now just <laughs> willingly undone all of that by like, hey, remember those phobias we helped you get rid of through good parenting? Yeah, we're giving them back to you now because you were a dick to us. <laughs> We can do that to you. Maybe, you know what, if, if Brad that's gets on our nerves, maybe we'll make him take that job he hated again. Yeah, that's right. That is the title of Chapter 5 in The Joy of Parenting. Uh, chapter 5, Sweet Justice. So, um, yeah, so Brad explains that they're trying to prank him back, and uh, they resolve to go talk to Wilson just to make sure that this is, you know, not on, on the level. Uh, yes. Meanwhile, uh, Tim and Jill come back down with Mark in tow, and I had forgotten the the prank that they pulled on Mark was so weak that I forgot why Mark was even involved in this. I'm like, why is Mark on their side? <laughs> Mark, the the prank they played on Mark was roughly equivalent to the prank the the initial prank that Al plays on Tim. Like, oh, a less, clearly less fake that, thing. Yeah, 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 it's smaller and not not televised. <laughs> um. So, uh, how did they do the laundry? That's the question I have here. How did they do the laundry? I don't. I, I, <laughs> why, why do I have that in my notes? <laughs> what show were you watching? Maybe we didn't watch the same episode. <laughs> it all seemed like it started the same, but then we took this weird subplot with with laundry that I missed. How did, how did they do the laundry? How did I mean? How did they do the laundry in the nineties? <laughs> back before there were Tide Pods. 
<laughs> I have no concept of what that note refers to. Well, okay, I, walk me through what happens uh, in this scene, and I'm gonna maybe I'll scan the episode and see if it makes a uh, comes yeah. back to me. So Clifford comes uh, comes back to the door, and uh, Tim is Tim is writing him a check, and uh, you know they're referring to him as Larry, and uh, Larry wants his cash made out or his check made out to cash. And the, and he, he refers to having like having uh, Tim's costume waiting out in the van. So this mm-hmm. is they refer to him later, like Al refers to him later as Tim's Halloween guy. Yeah. And so I don't. Which I'm he's not... he's referred to that in the past. I, I mean, they he you know every time he brings a prank on the set or anything, uh, you know he says I got a Halloween guy. I mean, whenever he's bringing those costumes, when there's like mix-ups with. Uh, Jill's costume being a carrot in the past. Yeah. It all came from the Halloween guy. So this is a, a character that we've uh, seen in the past. Or I, just in well, the shadows, let's put it that way. Which is where Halloween guys prefer to remain. It is better for them to be <laughs> to be seen and not heard. Yeah. Uh, well, but like what I what I kind of love that they've now given persona to Tim's Halloween guy because it's just yes. I, I think I find it so endearing and it actually makes me like Tim so much more like the fact that this is a man who doesn't really like, you know, again, we've talked about this. Tim doesn't really drink much like he doesn't mm-hmm. drink to excess and spend a lot of time in bars. You know, he is faithful to his wife and his vices are pretty much car stuff and his own arrogance but then also he just loves mischief and pranks so much that he has like a drug dealer basically who just <laughs> like a personalized uh, personalized mischief concierge who who will you know he can call to like hey I need fake dog poop or I need I need you know tw- <laughs> like I need 20 gallons of slime to press through my fence or something like that that yeah. he has a guy whose job is just to facilitate Tim's shenanigans I think that's brilliant and amazing yes. I, that's the side of Tim that I can get on board with for sure. I'm sure he yes. also has a Christmas guy. I mean, maybe so. Or, or yeah, like I, I prefer to believe that there's a Christmas guy. In reality, he maybe his Christmas guy and his Halloween guy are the same guy. But uh, I don't Either know. Either that, maybe or he want... he's going to Christmas village in Frankenmuth every year. <laughs> or he's, uh, or he's going to his, or his Christmas guy's name is Chris T. Mass, and it's just like <laughs> with a name like that, how do you not? How do you not become a Christmas guy? Yeah. Facilitating uh, anyway, lights and, and Santas and such. Yes. I can't figure out why I have a note here about laundry, but we get a steam transition to the backyard where Wilson is brewing a cauldron. Mm. Uh, he is doing a mugwort witch's brew. Yes. And and uh, it, another question I have. Okay, so. Yeah, okay, go for okay. it. Go for it. Season six. We've done nothing but just pile on the accolades and our mm. respect for Earl Hinman. His prop work in this scene is pretty pathetic. <laughs> I like that in this episode, it seems like everyone is kind of just phoning it in. Like this <laughs> this whole episode, I like this episode. It's a good, fun episode. And at the same time, it has very much a vibe of like three o'clock on Friday. <laughs> <laughs> yes, which I think is when they filmed it. But he is, he is stirring this cauldron with the spoon not even in the bowl <laughs> it's just like hovering on top of the bowl just wafting just wafting yeah. it around uh but yeah. brad and randy come out and they ask him about clifford warren mm-hmm. and i'm surprised mm-hmm. the, the lightning didn't go off again i was kind of expecting it to yeah tim tim wasn't able to move the strobe light around to the backyard fast <laughs> enough um but they they say clifford warren and wilson dramatically looks up and we get a an organ hit and his now, face I, I is did, 
I did like his uh, reaction to that. Yeah, yeah, and his you know his eyes are all scared, and what is the rest of his face doing? Well, Randy's head blocks it, but uh, <laughs> we'll never he, know. Wilson also alludes to the incident and mm-hmm. uh, talks about how it was the night that Clifford came home on Halloween and found that his brother Ezekiel was missing. But some people think that Clifford murdered Ezekiel. We never find this out. This whole story is like, what the fuck does it have to do with the basement? I know it's so it, like the whole the whole story is kind of just like vague and not not yeah. especially bone chilling. It's like, oh, maybe he died or maybe he disappeared. If I may, if I may be the like Monday morning, you, you know, sh- you you may quarterback Granted, of spooky uh, stories. I'm I'm taking a, pe- uh, a, a, a fountain pen and I'm I'm tapping both of your shoulders. You are now, sir, Monday morning writer. Okay, well, then I would just say, uh, you know, look at, if only they'd had creepypasta, they could have known a little <laughs> bit better what really, uh, what really is a spectacular story to scare some teens. Here's the thing. Why does it have to be the basement? Clearly, it plays not at all into the episode. Why not the attic, where they actually spend some time later in this episode? That would be more on brand, wouldn't it? That would really fit a little better. Um, and that kind of leads to my confusion about like, well, wait, was the was the thing that happens the plan all along, or did they <laughs> the way, did they yeah. modify the plan multiple times? The the way that Wilson describes this is like, <laughs> I expected something to happen. He's like, the incident. I of course I know the incident. Uh, one day he came home and dun dun dun. You expect to go? He found his brother murdered all over the place blood <laughs> dripping from the ceiling in globulets and he goes <laughs> he came home and his brother was dun, 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 not there yeah <laughs> he was he, he was missing was he dead or was he in another room at the moment <laughs> did he we'll run away know. like th- this seems this doesn't se- this seems too vague to be an incident an incident what? is something happens. Uh, an incident isn't something may have happened. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. It's like th- that's that's less a ghost story and more like true crime. Like did <laughs> did you know? It's an unsolved mysteries. It's yeah. it, like did she run away or did she die or you know or did he run away? Did he die? <laughs> is not as scary as he died and who did it? <laughs> right. Um, so the, okay. So this brings me to the point of what. <laughs> What really irritates me about Wilson's prop work is that yeah. as he's explaining this this non-story to mm-hmm. Brad and Randy, this vague pa- anecdote, <laughs> they're pacing back and forth uh, in the backyard, and once they get to the fence, they turn around, they head to the back to the house, once they get to the house, they turn around, and the entire time, the gag is Wilson's holding up this gigantic spoon to cover his face, mm-hmm. but there's, mm-hmm. no, there's no logical reason that he needs to switch shoulders every time he turns, and it just it, it is so like I don't know. Uh, it's it's w- probably the worst Hyde Wilson's face gag uh, I've seen so far. No, the worst Hyde Wilson's face gag you've seen is a previous Halloween episode where he just has his face painted like a ghost, but you see all of it in the <laughs> in the store, and it's just, and it's just not even doing the bit. <laughs> Well, uh, I'd say it's on par. I'm not going to argue with you with it, but uh, the spoon gag was bad. Okay, okay, fair, fair. It's bad prop work. I, I, you know, I you kneel before me and I, I hit you on both shoulders with a fountain pen. It's bad. <laughs> you know, you officially can pronounce it bad. Am I also a? Are you, can knights knight each other? 
I, I think so. I think, yeah, it's like how vampires can make more vampires. Knights can make more knights. Maybe knights can't, but at least Monday morning writers can. And that's uh, why yeah. the internet was invented. Yeah, so, exactly. <laughs> uh, the big takeaway from Wilson's uh, uh, contribu- uh, c- contribution, good Lord, uh, mm. to this, this story is that um, ever since that night, Clifford has been in a mental institution. And, and okay, first, Clifford has been in a mental institution is just a funny sentence because I immediately think of either the Big Red Dog or the host of the Disney series Muppets Tonight in the 90s. Um, so secondly, uh, yeah, the, the big takeaway for them is, oh, shit, but, but Clifford's out. This is, must clearly be legit. It's unless mom yeah. and dad coordinated with our neighbor who they talk to all the time. <laughs> but I'll tell you the one thing that kind of – this is another – I don't know, loop for me, a plot loop is Wilson goes, I think I have a news clipping. Do you want to see it? And Brad and Randy go, yeah, we definitely want to see that. And we cut to, we get a lightning transition to the the living room where they have the newspaper and it's from the Detroit press and it has an old picture of Larry. So they had to go through a, a process of getting a younger photo of the Halloween guy, Larry, Put it yes. into maybe Jill had to get in touch with one of her old layout designers from inside Detroit to put together a fake newspaper <laughs> of a, a real newspaper, the Detroit. Well, I didn't say the Detroit Free Press. It just said the Detroit Press. Maybe but, that's but how they get around it. Still, just to like print on that paper, that very distinctive newspaper. Pa- yeah, like they had to go yeah. find a printing press. And in order to really sell it. They have to age it as well. You can't just print it off the presses and say it was from twenty years earlier and make it believable. They're gonna they're gonna do something to it. Like if it happened, and and to do all of this without the internet, with just like a phone and the library and and <laughs> and like whatever picture Larry happened to have around. I I also though I do quickly before we before we get the lightning transition to them looking at the oh, article yeah, okay. We're going the kids go Wilson. inside the kids mm-hmm. go inside with Wilson and then we get this dramatic whip pan across the fence to the window where <laughs> oh, Tim right. and Jill are just staring out ominously still wearing their chicken and egg masks just a gigantic egg head giving a thumbs up it's so good it's it's really great um but so yes now now they're looking at this newspaper article that Tim and Jill have gone to enormous unfathomable lengths to have made and placed before them uh and i know listen we we covered this last week mm-hmm. um we we have to cover it this week you want to know what's happening in detroit other than brother murders brother <laughs> uh <laughs> yes and uh and the riverboat wreckage found by the bridge <laughs> uh the other headline here i can't make out a few of them but the other one that i can make out says dollar shock waves spread in europe dollar shock wow that's <laughs> hey you know what hey that's clinton's economic policy right there <laughs> do you hear me folks um, oh, wait, no i got another one here uh i'm i'm oh, oh my god okay the other headline here i'm just scrubbing through it 500 feared dead thousands flee what what horrible <laughs> apocalyptic world does the cast of Home Improvement live in? That makes it I don't, I like don't know. their lives are full of frivolous bullshit because like the country is seized by some horrible twenty twenty esque crisis. That's terrible. There's a <laughs> we have to put all of we have to put everything into Halloween because that's the only time we can feel any joy or levity in this horrendous <laughs> world of chaos and and violence and wrecked and wrecked uh, riverboats. You thought that was a toy severed head. 
<laughs> they just went outside. And we thought that Blade Warriors was a fake game that they played yeah. on rollerblades. <laughs> Blade Warriors that's is just, their everyday life. That's that's how they defend their house. <laughs> the, the, um, writing, the writing lawnmower isn't for the lawn. It's to, it's to, like, drive over the hordes of zombies that are constantly attacking. <laughs> I've seen, I can't remember if it was on YouTube or if it was an Instagram account or a Twitter account, but I do remember somebody had put together um, some sort of montage or a gallery of images of newspapers that had, like, the, the headline that was used in that particular TV show or movie, but then everything else around it was recycled, and you could see it from one movie to another, the <laughs> same exact articles used over and over again. I wonder if that's the case here. On When I was watching Battlestar Galactica years ago, I was very big on pausing whenever there was, like, documents or, like, paperwork <laughs> on screen. And in so many cases, like, it was a newspaper article from the world of the show. Looking at the other ones around it, I found that at one point they were just copying in episode descriptions and synopses of previous episodes of Battlestar Galactica. So it's like, like in the background, it's just like Commander Adama must confront a new threat within the colonial fleet when a Cylon <laughs> agent appears. Like, I, so I kind of wish that the other newspaper articles in Home Improvement were just uh, like, you know, the, the local high school still reeling after discovery that they used the same ladle in the vegetarian and meat eaters pasta. Oh my God. Um, so. so they they're looking through this newspaper. Then all of a sudden, Al ding dongs, and um, but he doesn't Mark ditch. <laughs> he ding dong stays. Uh, Mark answers the door, um, and it's Al. It's Al. I already said that. Mm-hmm. Uh, he comes He's out. He's ding donged. He uh, he sees uh, Brad and Randy looking at the newspaper, and he goes, "Hey, look, it's Larry." And he points at the the picture of Larry, the Halloween guy, and gives away the gag, basically. Like Al with his eagle eyes, and just. <laughs> Oh, oh, is that the guy? Is that the guy who Tim uses to orchestrate elaborate pranks? I better just tell the kids about this. This probably isn't an elaborate prank. It being Halloween and all. I'm not gonna lie. I hoped that this was some sort of really elaborate prank by Al to undermine Tim and uh, and the boys to kind of prank the entire Taylor household himself. And I honestly, I'm not sure that it's not, because part of the great thing about this episode is it's never made clear how deeply the play. I don't know. I just kind of this this episode can be whatever you want it to be. I think (laughs) we don't don't get the Ocean's Eleven uh, how they did it montage at the end of it. It's more like the clue. Here's three ways it could have gone montage. (laughs) I might watch Clue tonight. Um, Well. But anyway, Al is like, oh, I can tell I gave away the gag. I can, oh, man. Uh, And then the boys are like, I knew it. Um, And then they get the idea, hey, Al, you could be in on this. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And Al's like, oh, you guys, I'm sure, inherited the torture chromosome from your dad. Love that line. Love that. Um, And they they go, why don't you know, don't you want to get back at dad again? And he's like, oh, I would love to get back at your dad uh, one more time. But I don't know how I feel about pranking Jill, Mm -hmm. which I respect that real solidarity from Al. Um, I want to see them get married. I know. I mean, the the love is clearly there. The love is clearly there. (laughs) And that also that would be a real Brady Bunch type show about like the kids who the kids who Jill has with Al versus the kids that she's had (laughs) with Tim. Like those those six kids fighting all and they're all boys. Uh, (laughs) But but you have the Taylor boys and you have the ultra sensitive uh, Borland boys. 
Yes, exactly. It would just be a constant, uh, constant battles. That would be the name of the show. <laughs> constant battles. Not very descriptive. Gets a lot of History Channel type audience. Anyway, constant battles. Um, anyway, <laughs> Randy... and, and the and the Halloween style name of that episode is Constant Bat Tales, because bats are Halloween animals. So, so. So anyway, uh, they, you know, Al does not want to scare Jill, but then Brad and Randy employ maximum, maximum uh, psychopath powers and mislead Al into thinking that uh, Jill was dissing both Al's party and claiming that his mom bobs for ham hocks. Uh, then Al is like, you know what? You're right. I'm in. And they all yes. put their hand on the severed head. Which uh, is, which, which is was the- a. A cool, a cool Avengers Assemble moment. I loved it very much. It also, uh, va- it it also vaguely put me in mind in that weird picture from years ago of Trump and like the three Middle Eastern kings oh all touching orb. a glowing orb. Like yeah. I don't know. It's like it's like that, but but uh, but a blessed image instead of a cursed image. <laughs> and it goes to show that this is a severed head, and it's still better. Yes. Um, and uh, so with that, we get a skull transition with what I've written as noise. Um, I don't, I don't pay attention to what I'm writing when I write. Was this, was this before or after the honey coffee? Like <laughs> this it was, was last like... night. Oh, so, <laughs> this is probably during the pit of a dispre- depression. And I was just like, I don't care. I can't get my fingers to move fast enough. Well, that you, but, but you were able to muster enough, uh, uh, energy to type noise. Like you were, <laughs> you were excited in the ni- about something nineties breakdancery. Well, it's, it could, <laughs> Could it, exactly. Could it, could it be because uh, Tim and Jill are wearing like weird clown masks at, when they come out of the room because Al has come upstairs and told them to come down and talk to Randy? Oh no, I know what it is. It's uh, with noise. I just put a C instead of S because uh, the skull comes into uh, frame and then rolls down the hallway, which is the next scene, and then makes a bowling noise as if it uh, knocks down a bunch of pins around the corner. Oh, I see, I see, okay, it was a, It was a pretty elaborate transition. In fact, there's I, even a mouse involved. It's a glowing skull. It knocks the, the frame out of the way. It rolls down the hall. A mouse peeks its head out, sees the skull coming towards it. It goes, oh, no, runs the other direction. The skull curves around the corner, and then all of a sudden we get a bowling pin tra- uh, sound that uh, emits. It, it was, was pretty I, elaborate. They blew their entire budget for the season <laughs> on that. And I, I did, it didn't feel... Strictly necessary to me, but also it's like, you know, it's about the artist's vision at the end of the day and not the kind of TV show episode that I would have made. So maybe that mouse represents something. Maybe. Uh, now, I want to I point out something here. I know we're getting long, but um, this is Halloween spectacular. We have to do what we have yeah, to do. we have to be spectacular. Uh, this is the first scene of Brad and Randy's plan. Uh, Al is up in the hallway and is trying to get Tim and Jill uh, their attention because um, he, he says, man... Randy is just, he is scared out of his mind uh, about this whole um, uh, Clifford Warren situation. Yeah, yeah. They are reaping what they've sowed. <laughs> Tim is, uh, you know, initially excited, like, yes, it's working. I, I, let's just take a, a step back, 30,000-foot view for a moment. Instead of contacting Larry and getting him to act against Tim or doing some other gag... Randy is enacting a deeply psychological revenge here, <laughs> saying, 
I don't want to surprise you. I don't want to shock you. I don't want to terrify you. I want you to regret your parenting decisions. I want to traumatize you into thinking that you have scarred me for the rest of my life by pulling this prank on me. Yeah, I want to I want to insult you to I want to shake you to the core of your person basically. <laughs> I want to make you doubt yourself because nothing is more frightening than doubting your own like qualifications to parent. That is immediately <laughs> It's it's a very deep-seated sort of fear for like a 14-year-old to conceptualize. Yeah. Um anyway, so so Al goes up there, he knocks on the door, he tries to get Tim and Jill to come out and they come out of the bathroom uh, bedroom <laughs> Both wearing monster masks. Yes. Uh, there's a role play joke in there. I don't want to go into. Oh um, yes, yeah. Well, I mean, you're <laughs> the one doing ICP stuff up front, man. That's that's it. It's pretty close to that. Uh, okay, so he says the boys are scared shitless, uh, and he's talking about wanting to go. Randy's talking about wanting to stay at Al's house for the night. Uh, he's like, you better come down and talk to them, and uh, they they all go downstairs. Jill is wearing. A terrifying clown mask. I I was I for a second I was like, I don't know. I was I was so thrown by it. I was like, is she tra- is is she doing like Pennywise or something or just like a generic clown? <laughs> um, before they come downstairs, we see uh, Brad and Randy on the fireplace. Brad is putting uh, um, eye drops in in Randy's eyes to help him look like he's been crying. Yeah, and <laughs> there's a funny line there where uh, he's putting things in there and he says, quit quit crying. Uh, he says, they look real. And he's like, they are real. You just poked <laughs> me in the eye. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Randy, just put in, put in your own eye drops, man. Be a grown-up. But the scariest part about that is Randy's voice cracking. <laughs> I know. I heard that and I was like, wait, is it like in Planes, Trains, and Automobiles when, when Steve Martin gets picked up by the balls? <laughs> and he just sounds like this for the next scene? <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, anyway... They uh, Tim and Jill come down, and <clears throat> Randy says that he's just he's too afraid that Clifford's going to come and kill them all in their sleep. Uh, and then Jill just she fesses up immediately. She's like, "It was all a joke. It was, sorry, you don't. I, yeah. I hate to see you like this. It wasn't." And Randy's like, "You're just saying that. You're just saying that." Um, and it's and it's like, well, yeah, Jill, could you not have seen with your psychology education that this might happen? That you might make it impossible <laughs> for your child to trust you now? <laughs> Who could have seen this coming? And then Al kind of he gives it away again, going, "Oh, Larry, you know, uh, he calls him Larry again instead of uh, Clifford." Warren. Yeah, he, he says, "There's no such thing as Larry." And then uh, and then Tim catches on and realize and says, "Oh, Al blew your little joke, didn't he?" And <laughs> the, yeah. the, the jig is up basically. And Randy he still leans into it, and I like this little performance by uh, JTT where he's like. No, I'm just, I'm really just scared here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It really, it seems more like, more than anything, he just really wants to go hang out with Al. And hey, I can't blame him. <laughs> Who can blame him? Yeah. yeah. Uh, and Tim's onto it and, you know, he, he calls bullshit and Al's like, ah, but we almost had you. And like, yeah, he does one of those things where he like shakes Tim a little bit. It's just, I love when he gets that excited. Like he's he's a little he's a little down in the dumps that he fucked up the prank, but he is still just so excited to have been part of something, and that's really oh, an infectious man. joy. I'm a Halloween washout, a third weight rate prankster. <laughs> oh god, they he's, take some jabs at each other. Yeah, yeah, and uh, then we, we get yes. a bat transition to a little yes. bit later. Uh, Tim and Jill are getting ready to go out to Al's party for the night. They've decided on a costume. They're going to be uh, an angel and devil. Yeah, they. I love that that 
Tim and Jill's costume determination process involves them trying on lots of costumes over the course of a few days for long periods of time. Like, not Again, just... Uh, I'm just saying there might be a role play thing in there. Maybe that's where my question about the laundry comes in. Mm. Do they have to wash the costumes before they give them back to Larry? Yeah. Yeah, like Larry charges Tim a lot of extra money because he keeps, you know, using the 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 costumes a little too roughly. If you if you catch my drift, uh, oh, I catch it. Oh yeah, and and and, Jill and now I got to go too. wash my hands. Yes, and and your chicken suit. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so they're they're they have finally settled on Angel and Devil. This is the this is the climactic costume of their week long Halloween Halloween role play Hallow yeah. Hallow play. And uh, yes, yeah, so they're leaving for Al's party. They are leaving the boys alone at home. What happened last year when you left Brad alone at the house on Halloween? What happened? Remember. I don't he remember. hosted a huge party with Senator Jason. <laughs> like, maybe don't leave the kid. This is all I'm saying. But so they leave them alone, I guess because it's part of a greater prank. But they leave the kids alone. Yes. And then uh, a little a little while later, two uh, young trick-or-treaters show up at the door. We get One, a, a slide-scening transition. Uh, or scene a scene slide, sliding. But Freddy Krueger pops his head out of the doorframe in the next scene uh, for a split second. Um, they're just hiding all the spooks in the places you least expect them. That's that's the best place for them to hide. Usually, I mean, when they <laughs> when they hide in places that I do expect, it's like when I check the shower and there's not a monster in there, but then I turn back to the bathroom mirror and then I see the monster behind me. I never expect <laughs> that's going to come. Uh, so Randy opens the door and there is a little Buzz Lightyear and a little Simba there. And Randy gives one piece of candy to the spaceman and seven pieces for the cute lion, which is just a <laughs> hilariously good bit of meta comedy. I love uh, that. What if I now? I don't know how you like your your meta candy, but do you like meta candy inside your meta candy? Uh, yes. In fact, I do. I do like cookies that have Reese's baked into them. So yeah, <laughs> Simba is played. This isn't a character actor corner. Just a bit of trivia. Is played by one Cooper Carn. Oh, is that is he of any relation to Richard Carn, or is this just a wacky, uh, wacky coincidence? No, that's his son. Oh, that's awesome! Yeah. I, now I got to go back and look more closely at him to see if he if he takes after Al. <laughs> uh, I think he does a little bit. Who's who's the uh, who's the spaceman? Buzz Lightyear. No, I mean no. I mean, who's who, what kid is it? Come on, smartass. Oh wait, yeah. Well, like, I don't know. He, if I knew, I would tell you. Okay, so it's not like one of Patricia Richardson's kids or something. Maybe I think she only had boys. Uh, ah. so I don't know. Well, there you go. Tim had uh, a girl, but I don't know how old she was. Mm, mm. Well, still good for Richard Carn to you know try and get it, get his family into the into the gig. Brad seems old enough that he could probably have a kid at this point. <laughs> yeah, yeah, really maybe that's the great secret of the show is that Mark is actually Brad's son and the and the family is just, you know, telling him, "No, no, no, we're 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 your parents, Brad." I mean, Mark. Uh, oh, so they the shut jar. the door. They shut the door on the kids. Uh they Brandy starts to head back in the room and then all of a sudden, ding dong, and uh it's Larry. Larry's there, not Clifford. Yes. Warren, not Lightning Bolt's train, you know, uh striking behind him, but straight up leisure suit Larry. Yeah, well, yeah, literally, figuratively, I suppose, because he is wearing a long leather jacket that, while not as sleazy as a leisure suit, is never 
really what you see a like non sleazy character wearing in anything. <laughs> like a leather jacket that right. long, you're either a drug dealer or like a corrupt cop. <laughs> Uh, and so the kids kind of bust his nuts for a second, and um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know. There's a candy bar joke in there. Uh, okay, I, I, yeah, it's it's a it's an IKEA candy bar joke, um, like one of those Swedish candy Somet- bars you can buy. Sometimes there. you bust a nut, sometimes you don't. Okay. Um, <laughs> so, is this what it's like recording a podcast with me? I mean, God, that's that's wild. That is just too much. This is this is PG thirteen. This is nine months. Kids can't watch this. I'm losing my mind, Truman. Um, anyway, he goes, ha ha ha, yeah yeah yeah, cut the crap. Uh, I want the rest of my money. Your uh, your father shortchanged me. Yeah, by hundred bucks. Yeah, but we, so so one must wonder what his actual services are, are worth. Like is ten thousand dollars or something. Enough but, that you can't. Yeah, I mean, if it was a hundred dollars to begin with, it's certainly not going to be an additional hundred dollars. You would know that you shortchanged a hundred dollars if you're paying half of what you're supposed to be paying. So it has to be at least a thousand dollars. Yeah, it's it's just it's a it's a huge outlay of the family budget to to hire this Halloween guy. And yeah. as he's complaining to them about this situation, you know, he's angry, he starts lamenting the position of the lowly Halloween guy in suburban society, saying, Everybody <laughs> thinks they can kick me around because I'm the Halloween guy. Halloween guys have feelings, you know. And it's it's just I I wanna like I, I want the newsies musical about the singing dancing halloween guys of of michigan (laughs) and how they like band together to get higher wages and more respect in their line of work i i would definitely contribute to writing that rock opera (laughs) okay okay we'll make that a well that'll be a that'll be a patreon stretch goal or something (laughs) okay great um anyway they don't have the money they just don't have it and they're like oh we'll just come back later they'll be back soon and he's like no i want my money now i'm not leaving till i get it if I have to take your face off with a with a uh, steel blade, I will, and I'll put it yep. in my pocket, and I'll go to the black market where I sell faces, and I'll make my money that way. Don't and, make me do that. And and as Larry is saying all of that word for word, uh, there is a there is like a it's like a black box studio, like all the lights go down behind them, but then he is illuminated by a single spotlight from above, and, the, and like all of the all of the agents and managers in the audience looking for new talent are kind of elbowing each other and saying like, hey, let's cast this guy as as the bearded uh, homeless guy in that upcoming episode of ER. <laughs> And some, years in the future, and and some as yet unmentioned bit role on Breaking Bad, where he will nonetheless probably really chew up the scenery as one of the eccentric milieu of small time criminals in Albuquerque. Anyway, um, at some point in this process, Brad tries to defuse the situation by offering Larry a granola bar, which comes out of nowhere and 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 is just great. It's just like you know what make you feel better? A granola bar. And it's, I, I I'd like that. There's maybe an un. Uh, unspoken understanding that things can be diffused if you're just you don't realize you're hungry just (laughs) you you gotta just you're hangry right now you'll be much more reasonable if you just eat a granola bar we can talk this through this is this is like snickers branded content or something like hey do you you're not you when you're hungry you see how there's one actor playing you when you're hungry and then you eat something and then it's another younger handsomer actor that's that's i think the point that this episode makes all i'm saying is if you are in a relationship and it is is uh doomed by a hangry partner keep snackies in the glove box is all i'm saying you're gonna avoid so many roadside arguments just just a constant supply of trail mix holstered in 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 a <laughs> half a dozen different places all over your body. Yes, exactly. 
Yeah, yeah. Trail mix diffuses if, everything. If you have kids, just eat the Cheerios out of your pocket. Anyway, at some point in this exchange between them, Randy's like, oh, uh, hold on a minute. Well, um, <laughs> that was unsettling for a second. I thought this is the episode where Landon dies. Um, <laughs> He's like, uh, I think mom and dad, uh, don't they, they, they keep money hidden in the attic, don't they? What? Yeah, I mean, A, A, <laughs> why? Is it heirloom money? And B, if the... I think doesn't mom have some uh, inherited jewels she got from a dead aunt somewhere? Well, yeah, is this the same aunt who gave her $50,000 to buy something frivolous? Yeah, right. We don't have $100, but will you take rubies? Yeah, will you take an Austin Healy? <laughs> but, yeah, so so this notion, and also, if, if the parents kept money in the attic and Brad and Randy knew that they kept money in the attic, they wouldn't keep money in the attic anymore there because there be would be money in the attic. Yeah. They, they would either, either the money would have been spent at the arcade already or Tim and Jill would have <laughs> discovered the money missing and started hiding the money in a new place the kids don't know about. Like, that's the game. That's, that's what it is. Yes, yeah, exactly. Um, but it's a thing that apparently is a thing. And uh, they they sneak away upstairs, and uh, we get a moment with Larry where he kind of sniggers to himself that uh, uh, he's in on you know a second part of the joke. I guess they needed to show the audience that no, an angry, irate Halloween guy has not invaded this home and is about to hurt these <laughs> children he's extorting. So, uh, yeah, Brad and Randy uh, climb into the attic looking for mm-hmm. the money, which is supposedly in a cigar box. Uh, it's foggy. They don't know why. Randy doesn't know why. And Brad gives a very scientific explanation, which was a really, really funny joke to me. Maybe Dad left a window open in cold and warm air mix to make fog. Hey, I actually learned use something I learned in life science. <laughs> uh, I love I love that. I love the, the like I can see echoes of that in subs like knowing that this writer went on to write for Simpsons and Futurama. I love I don't know. I can I can see echoes of that kind of weird, awkward humor playing into. Yeah. Like I could see Fry offering an angry alien a granola bar for for no reason as <laughs> a stupid non sequitur. Uh, they see the cigar box, uh, and Randy opens it, and there's a rat in it. And oh no! A fake a fake past. Was it a was it fake? <laughs> I don't know. Because he th- he throws it down. He's like, oh god, no, that's a rat. I don't want to do that one. I get, you know, I guess if they went to the trouble of organizing all this other stuff, how hard is it to procure a, a live rat to hide in a box? I mean, in for a yeah, penny, but, in for a pound yeah, of rats. Okay. Well, okay. Anyway, they see another cigar box across the, the attic. I don't know how they see it through all that fog, but. Uh, um, yeah. How many cigar boxes does this family have? <laughs> I think we had a few cigar boxes. My dad never smoked any, but um, for some reason we had some. I guess just Tupperware has kind of replaced the cigar box as the useful That's repurposed true. storage container. Like, I have Tupperwares yeah. full of all kinds, or, like, Ikea canvas containers full of things. Well, aren't you the most modern man? Well, I, I, I might be. If I had kids, they would be constantly finding, you know, plot-relevant MacGuffins <laughs> secreted away in old Tupperwares. <laughs> or, or, oh, look, it's Dad's old scub! <laughs> It doesn't have the same ring. It just no. doesn't have that oaky smell to it. No, no, it's and it's a terrible humidor. My my cigars <laughs> that I keep in my scub taste just awful. They taste like everything else in my closet. God. Um, so they go over to the other cigar box, and behind them is a trunk that slightly opens. 
Yes. And they, uh, they, they, like, it's okay. I, I was taking notes and I missed some of this. So, like, Randy tries okay. to leave because he's freaked out. Yeah. So the trunk kind of opens and then shuts behind them and they go, Whoa, what was that? Uh, and then before they can uh, jet, before they can Scooby Doo it through a wall, jet. Uh, <laughs> Tim, Tim's voice rings out. Hey, boys, is that you? <laughs> uh, in, in kind of a weird facade tone like that. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say your Tim impression is really on point. <laughs> and then uh, oh. they turn. They turn around and they see Tim and Jill Blair witching it in the corner of the uh, <laughs> the attic, uh, and they they start to approach them. You know they're facing the wall for some reason. They aren't turning around until they literally touch their shoulder. I maybe I'm just so it, it's so iconic that it's burned into my brain. But I expected them to turn around with Gina Davis and Alec Baldwin Beetlejuice faces. <laughs> Uh, that would have been that. Uh, I mean, that would have been a pretty sick tie-in. I have to say, maybe just a few <laughs> years too late. Uh, but no, it's not Beetlejuice. Uh, the the bodies turn around and they have skull faces. Uh, and if that wasn't scary enough, uh, which isn't, it wasn't that scary. But it then I becomes mean, terrifying. In the moment, in the moment, it would have been pretty scary. I mean, if I were there, I would. I can empathize with the boys enough to know that it would be scary. But then the bodies charge at them. Yes, that that is my nightmare. <laughs> I, oh, yeah. I I I cannot stand the idea of something just bursting in to my room at night and just charging at me. That scares the shit out of me so much. So that is your like, d- despite the fact that you take such joy in scaring other people, never once did you consider how traumatizing it would be if somebody rigged a thing up to rush at you. Exactly, exactly. And I, I, I want to put this out there. Like, I know we talked earlier at this episode about scaring people and how it's fun to da 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 Like, okay, hiding under a sink and grabbing my foot, that's one thing. If you charge at me, you trigger something in me, <laughs> and I cannot guarantee that I won't kill you. All, all of those, all it is, those. It's dangerous for all involved. All those great America's Funniest Home videos were like the the dude, like on <laughs> Halloween, the like scarecrow is actually a real person, and the guy walks up to it, and the scarecrow gets up and he just instinctively punches him in the face. <laughs> I'm saying it's worse than that. Like I, I cannot be held accountable for what happens to you if you charge at me when I least expect it in the dark. It'll be it'll be a Rambo situation, is what you're saying. <laughs> it'll be something. Um. Well, most things are something, Landon, so I'm, I'm, I imagine it would be something. <laughs> As they're backing away from these nightmarish uh, visages charging at them, uh, Mark pops out of the trunk behind them in a mask, uh, and then... <laughs> seems like seems kind of like an unnecessary supplemental scare. It, it like, was. It, it, it was kind of like, enough. okay, Mark, we can, <laughs> you, can, you can join us. Kind of a hat on a hat. It's really kind of the, the plastic tarantula... <laughs> Kind of the plastic tarantula and the underwear relative to yes. to everything else that's going on. <sighs> Tim appears and uh, he's like, "Ooh, it looks like I scared my little boys." Uh, and Jill's right behind him. <laughs> yep. And uh, yeah, so Larry, it's the whole. Larry Larry also comes up. Larry comes up and says, "I've never seen a family go to such lengths to torture each other on Halloween. <laughs> such sick lengths, <laughs> such sick sick lengths. Yes." And then Jill says, "You should see us on Christmas." And it's like. I've seen you guys on Christmas. Those episodes are fairly mild. You don't go nearly as far as you go on Halloween. Really, Tim's Christmas antics are just a ploy against himself. 
more than anyone else. It's really every Christmas with the tailors seems to be some variation on Tim falling off the roof because he's trying to put up more <laughs> more decorations than the other guy. Like that's they, yeah. they you know they, they they phone it in on on Christmas, but Halloween they really try. <laughs> Uh, we go to a commercial, we come back out, we get the stinger where they're all up in the attic still. And we're like, well, I guess we can all go to Al's party now. Um, <laughs> Al's party just gets the sloppy seconds of this whole night of, of pranks and spookery. <laughs> and then all of a sudden the attic door shuts, uh, and Tim's like, oh, I didn't plan that. Uh, they all go over to the door and it's locked. They can't get out. Tim starts jumping on the door. Um, and we cut to downstairs or right below the the attic hatch yes and it's alan wilson and al has a stick propped up uh, holding the door closed and, and what is al dressed as i can't I, i'm i'm stuck truman yeah, yeah I, I can't I decide i'm stuck if it's elton john or liza minnelli and cabaret <laughs> I or, or no, no no i'm sorry not liza minnelli and cabaret i'm thinking of uh rocky horror picture show Oh, oh, of of uh, of what? Not well, not Frankenfurter. No, Magenta. Oh, Magenta. Okay, I see. I can't decide whether it's Elton John or a guy at a New Year's party. <laughs> Elton John seems more likely, and I'm just really glad that we don't get the joke Tim would make about Al dressing as Elton John. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, and Al uh, Wilson is also there, and um, Wilson he really gets. Well, I guess Wilson and Al, uh, they both, like, they come off scot-free in this episode. And, oh, yeah. Um, there's just a certain delight that comes with that. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. <laughs> that they just kind of are above the fray while these yeah. while these people destroy each other. Uh, and Wilson is dressed like a cowboy. Yes, yes. And, uh, yeah, Al, uh, so, and also, like, Al wants to show them that he can be a good prankster, too. This isn't that elaborate of a prank. This is basically just, just, like, you know, being in the right place at the right time and doing something kind of shady. Um, <laughs> right. Because, because he blocks them in, and then after two seconds, he feels bad, and he takes the stick out. So basically, you momentarily inconvenienced some people who need to leave a room. <laughs> well, I, I don't know. Listen, as someone who has claustrophobia, depending on the type of room and the situation that I'm in there, that could be bad, even yeah, for one second. Yeah, which which is the other thing. It's it's like the the lock a person in a room prank has so much room to go very very wrong. <laughs> uh, but he removes the stick. Tim jumps and predictably busts through the floor, falls to the ground. It was a pretty good stunt. Yeah, honestly. Uh, and then he pops right back up in full devil gear, ready to uh, ready to do the devil's business. I guess, which is go to a party at Al's. We cut to the outtakes where Randy uh, or Jonathan Taylor Thomas accidentally wipes the tears away right before they're supposed to roll the cameras, which I thought was kind of funny. Yeah, and and then and, Al, then, and Richard yeah. Carn blowing a line like so instead of saying a Halloween washout, he says I'm a Hollywood washout. <laughs> and then Patricia Richardson smacks him down and says, "Well, yes." <laughs> Uh, funny, funny things happen on the set. Um, you you know you'd think you'd think that would happen with a bunch of comedians <laughs> and those rambunctious boys. That's our Halloween episode, German. That is, Landon. We did it. We made it. We've survived. It ends not with a bang, but with a whimper. Or does it end with neither? And does it end instead with a <gasps> the grind count? <laughs> Well, Landon, what do you think? What do you think it ends with? I think it grunts? ends with the grunt count. I'm telling okay, you. Well, okay, okay, yes, but okay, what do you think in terms of the content of the episode grunt-wise? How many do you I, think I, there were? 
I know how many there were, Truman. I counted every single one of them minutely with detail like I do the backgrounds of every shot of the show. Wow. Okay, so so every week you do know how many grunts there were, and you just... You Not just, every week, just this week. Okay, just this week you paid close attention. That is yeah. the best way to defeat this aspect of the Chalupa Challenge, is just to pay attention to grunts. <laughs> exactly, yes. And this week I did that. And yes. uh, you want to know how many grunts there were? I do. Zero. Ding, 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 ding. That's right. Another grunt-free episode. <laughs> Even if you, Only if you'd gotten the, the title right, we would have had everyone had Flan this week. Oh, man. Uh, flaunt that. I'm. You know, why don't you just... I, I don't want to flaunt the fact that we could have <laughs> given you all food, so let's just not mention it anymore. Flaunt the fact. Um, that, that Yes, that was indeed the piece of wordplay that I was going for. <laughs> So, uh, uh, so yeah, zero. Yeah, so I don't, that... I don't, like I said last week, I have no concept of where we are. I, I think it's because we've gone week to week, or I'm sorry, every other week instead of week mm-hmm. to week, that I'm like, I, I cannot remember what the grunt count was last week. I know they, I, I think I would know if it was high, but I couldn't tell you if it was zero, if it was one, if it was three. So I have no idea where we are this season with the grunts. I, I cannot remember the last time we had a grunt count that we considered to be objectively high, like a large True. number of grunts. Like, I, I, was there ago? an episode last season that was like seventeen or something, or maybe eleven was the highest? I, I think I, think I had think, a higher one last season. Like a high grunt count for us now is one that breaks double digits, as opposed to one that almost breaks triple digits from like season two. <laughs> one that doubles the runtime because we have to rewind it so much. Oh my god, yes. The work we used to have to put into this. Like now, <laughs> it used to be fear that I was missing an errant grunt in the middle. Now my fear is that like, am I just not hearing grunts anymore? <laughs> like have I evolved past the ability to hear grunts as a defense mechanism? White noise at this point. Hey, listen. We're going to end this episode, but I want to just give a little post-amble here. Um, uh, You're listening to this episode. It's already February, but uh, just to confirm uh, for all of our Patreon subscribers, since we've had a few uh, hiccups, uh, two – or I'm sorry, the force majeures. That's that's my uh, French accent. Two Uh, (laughs) major forces. That's right, two. For for the price of one. Oh, for – God is only a major? I've, Force okay. of nature. Nature is a bitch uh, and gets in the way of scheduling. And so yes. we had two of those this month. Because of that, we have uh, decided to pause the February payments. So you'll owe nothing for February. Um, it'll start up again March 1st. Um, just want to let you know that. But uh, I think you already know that because it's already February. And yes. you didn't get charged. So there's that. The tenth and- thing. And also, thank you, everyone, for your patience. Last last month was weird. There were a couple things that just went on. and uh, But now we're, everyone's okay, and we're all fine. And, uh, family emergencies. What are you going to do? Yes, yes. And, uh, yeah. Never so, have a family. Nah. <laughs> Uh, or, or have one wanna, and, just, and just don't care about I'm them. Gonna, like, I'm going to revolutionize the sitcom. We've had, this, we've had the single life uh, sitcom. We've had the family life sitcom. We've had the high, the white collar sitcom. We've had the blue collar sitcom. Mm-hmm. I want to do the freelancer hermit sitcom, <laughs> <laughs> and it's really just going to be episodes of me making up theme songs while I make waffles. <laughs> just all songs about waffles. Well, I do have I do have the song called Pee Pee Time when I have to go to the bathroom really bad but can't get there fast enough. 
Is it is it a lot like the song "Closing Time"? It's just like a relaxing kind of ode to the uh, to the end of no, no. It's one. It's a it's a jingle you have to dance to because otherwise you're gonna piss yourself. Well, okay, so yeah. Anyway, listeners, thank you for not being upset that we deprived you of content like this for a couple of weeks. We really appreciate it. Uh, we oh, know God. that uh, you know, much like other things that are bad for you, sometimes you get addicted. Um. <laughs> Well, yeah. So, uh, yeah. Let's knock this. Let's knock this thing out before we say anything else weird. Okay. Grunt work is made possible by people like you, who the people that contribute to our Patreon. So, if you've enjoyed today's episode and want to help us create this show, consider becoming an official Grunthead sponsor over at our Patreon. That's right, because for as little as $1 per month, you'll get access to our exclusive bonus content, like our weekly Gruntwork Nights episodes, and access to watch us record episodes live over Discord. And imagine how spooktacular it would have been to watch this live. You can't even imagine <laughs> that. Uh, well, we, did, I, yeah, we didn't do this one live. Uh, no, we didn't. The, we you, did one you two, two ago. I couldn't yeah. have. That's true. Uh but uh, I think we'll do. I think we'll do another one um, in the in the coming schedule here. Uh, yeah, we should soon. Soon, I soon. think so. Soon. Yeah. So uh, I guess watch out for that. See. Yeah, be ready. Uh, so uh, first-time donors can receive a Mystery Science Theater Home Improvement style grunt work art print uh, if you want it. So be sure to check out our Patreon over at Patreon.com/slash/GruntWorkPod. Leave us a rating review on Apple Podcasts. It's uh, it's uh, you, you know. Yeah. It's it's a, it's a place that is a good place to rate podcasts. No, that, that, I don't know if you heard. My words hit black ice and then skidded off the road. <laughs> you got to wait for the snow plow, dude, before you go out <laughs> taking your taking your words out in this snowy weather. That's that's my bad. Uh, leave us a rating review. Yes, not. please. Do what, do what you want. Be you. Yeah. That's that's who we like. Uh, yes. Stop by to say hi to us on Twitter and Instagram at GruntWorkPod, or join us on Discord, where you can find the link there, or on our website, which is www.gruntworkpodcast.com. And while you're there listening to this episode uh, and getting information about today's episode... <laughs> Everyone's can two also, favorite things, listening can, to our episodes and getting information... <laughs> You can sign up for our weekly newsletter to be notified whenever a new episode is is released. So you don't have to listen to us to say go go to our website. You can be emailed about it so that you know. Be, yeah, get on that that hip uh, uh, the, that that hip first new, wave that newsletter uh, trend that's sweeping the nation. <laughs> kids are kids are sneaking out at night to write newsletters for their friends. They're saying no, thank you, zines. I'm all about newsletters now. <laughs> I like news sent to me in a letter format. Until next week, when we bring you an episode of Home Improvement, until we are caught up with our schedule, I've been Landon Solano. I've been Truman Caps, and remember, when picking your Halloween guy, be sure to only consider candidates certified by the American Association of Halloween Guys, the world's largest association of personal spooky Halloween dollars. (laughs) 